right, all right. Welcome back to Drop Pass Podcast. Another great week of sports is underway. And we are off to the third episode of the podcast. I got positive feedback on the first two episodes. So big thanks to all of you who listened the first two episodes or reach out to me. If you have any ideas for future episodes, have topics you want me to cover or you just want to leave feedback, you can connect me through social media, either on Instagram or Twitter, which are both linked in the description. But like I said, hope you enjoy the content and let's keep things rolling. This week we have a few big things on our platter as the Champions League final is played on Saturday the 29th and the Europa League winner will be decided today, right after I'm done recording this episode. So we will see two new European champions this week. Also, the NBA playoffs are underway and the first teams already advanced to the next round in the NHL playoffs. We will take a look at all of those as well in this episode. So without further ado, let's get going. First major news of the weekend was Phil Mickelson's unthinkable achievement of winning his sixth major tournament in his career on the ocean course on Kiwaya Island in South Carolina. At 50 years, 11 months and 3 days old, he became the oldest winner of a major championship. He was ranked 115th in the world at the time, hadn't finished in the top 10 in his last 16 starts, and without truly contending in a major championship in the past four years. He matched up against Brooks Kwepka in the final pairing on Sunday and finished 6 under overall, beating Kwepka and Luis Osthuizen by two strokes. Mikkelsen entered the last round with one stroke lead over Koepka and the matchup was one of the most beloved players in the sport against one of the most dominant major players of the last four years. The matchup ended in delight of the fans and Mikkelsen was once again at age 50 a major champion. So, big salute to the legend himself. Next up, we will discuss the Europa League final. Spanish Villarreal against the English Red Devils, Manchester United. Villarreal beat Arsenal in their semi-final matchup 2-1, with Manu Trigueros and Raul Albiol scoring for them in the first leg while Manchester United made their way through to the final with aggregate of 8-5 over AS Roma. 
Villarreal finished their domestic season in the seventh place in La Liga and the United finished in second place 12 points behind Manchester City who was crowned as champions for the second time in three years. For Villarreal they have few injury concerns coming to the final. Juan Foyt who is on loan from Spurs was out of their lineup in the second leg because of hamstring injury sustained in the first leg, but the hope is that he will be back in the final. Their midfielder, Ibora, will miss the final because of a knee injury, and Samuel Chukweze suffered injury in the second leg and will be a game-time decision before the final. Hope is that he will be fit for the final, since he is one of the key factors in Villarreal's offense, but otherwise they have a healthy lineup and come into the final with three wins in their last six matches. Last year they went to the quarterfinals where fellow Spaniard Valencia beat them with aggregate of 5-1 to one and advanced to the semis. This year they hope to upset the English giants and get crowned as the Europa League champs for the first time in their history and claim place in the Champions League next season. They have solid starting 11 and relatively experienced lineup and their forwards Gerard Moreno, Paco Alcacer and Samuel Chukweze can cause problems for United defense. Their opponent, the Red Devils, are the favorites to win this year's Europa League and come to this matchup with two wins in their last six matches which doesn't scream championship level and they as well have few question marks regarding their starting 11 but overall they had very solid season in the Premier League. Daniel James is back in their lineup and Anthony Martial came back from his injury but is ruled out from their lineup for this match. Also, their captain Harry Maguire should be fit for Dansk to face their opponents in the final, but there still is the concern in regards of their recent results and the health and fitness of previously mentioned key players. They ended their season with two losses and one draw, one to two defeat against Leicester. 2-4 defeat against Liverpool and 1-1 draw against a team facing the relegation, Fulham. On the flip side, they scored 8 goals in 2 legs against Roma in Europa League and strolled their way through to the final. They have speed and skill in their starting eleven, and their depth is Champions League level. Edison Cavani scored four goals against Roma and will be relied upon once again against Villarreal. Bruno Fernandes has also been solid addition and the backbone of their midfield with 18 goals and 12 assists in Premier League season alongside Frenchman Paul Pogba. Even with prolific midfield and attack, their back end and goaltending are question marks especially if Maguire isn't fit for the final. The prediction for most fans is that the Red Devils will get their second Europa League victory in five years, but it will be interesting to see which of these two comes out on top.
today. I'll predict that United will defeat Villarreal with score of 3-1, but would gladly see Villarreal upset the Red Devils as well. Next up, we have the crown jewel of European football, the All-English Champions League final. The English champion Manchester City against the fourth seed Chelsea. Both teams come into the final with three wins in their last five matches and some serious injury concerns for the final. Chelsea's key component N'Golo Kante has suffered from injuries but had some playing time in their last domestic match against Aston Villa. But his health is still concerned when facing the number one team in England. Andreas Christensen was back in their lineup after missing three games at the end of the season with hamstring injury and both Mateo Kovacic and Rudiger should be fit for their clash against the Sky Blues. Rudiger has been playing through his face injury and has been solid in their back end, but the question of how fit these players are surrounds the team ahead of the final. The City, on the other hand, have four players currently questionable for their final matchup. Ilkay Gundogan was replaced in their last match in Premier League against Brighton, who has been really solid for them this season. Also Raheem Sterling, Kyle Walker and Sergio Aguero were out of their lineup because they were not fully fit, as stated in their official website. Last player with serious health concerns is none other than their star Kevin De Bruyne who has missed the last four matches because of muscle injury and the hope is that he will be 100% before the final kickoff. So the biggest question mark for their head coach Pep Guardiola will be what kind of starting 11 will he be able to put out when they face Chelsea in the biggest game of the season. Chelsea made their way to the final by beating Atletico Madrid, FC Porto and the Los Blancos in their semi-final matchup by the aggregate of 3-1 and looked very solid in their two matches against them. They defended with solid structure and used their speed in counters where their youth shined, Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount and Kai Havertz all contributed to their results and will be relied upon in the final as well. Their defense and midfield, orchestrated by Kante and Jorginho, were also solid against Madrid, and their goaltender Eduard Mendy made some key saves to solidify their spot in the final. Timo Werner scored one goal in the semi-finals and had the chances to add few more to his score sheet, but the struggle still seems to be there for the German national. Chelsea also defeated City in the penultimate game of the Premier League by the score of 1-2, which might show that the Blues are ready to challenge City for the European crown. City beat German sides Borussia Mönchengladbach and Dortmund on their way to the semi-final where they faced PSG and defeated 
the French side with aggregate score of 4-1. Highlights from both games were two red cards for PSG and Riyad Mahrez standout performances. Especially in the second leg you could see the frustration from the Paris side because of their inability to advance to the final and the uncertainty of their stars Neymar and Mbappe's future in the club. City's leading scorer in both legs was Algerian Riyad Mahrez who notched three goals in two matches and sunk the PSG lineup. He has been lights out this season and is a real threat to Chelsea's defense. Phil Foden was also a standout in their both matches and it has been nice to see some English blood emerging as one of the most exciting prospects in European grounds alongside his opponent Mason Mount. The City has the depth in their lineup and they have been able to rotate their midfield with relative ease but they need healthy starting 11 when facing their English counterpart from London. The Blues are there to take the cup from them and crush their dream of winning the glorious double. My prediction for this matchup is that City will take it with final score of 2-1 with or without De Bruyne. Then we will move across the pond and more specifically to take a look at NBA playoffs. Unlike previous years, this time around they hosted playing round for teams finishing in the spots 7 through 10. And each conference's top 6 teams were guaranteed a playoff spot and the two remaining spots went to teams advancing from the playing round. From the east, the top 6 teams were the conference champion Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, New York Knicks, Atlanta Hawks and Miami Heat. And from the west, the top six was conference champ Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Clippers, Dallas Mavericks and Portland Trailblazers. Then we arrived to the so-called pity playoffs and from the Eastern Conference the four teams in the playing round were Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, Indiana Pacers and Charlotte Hornets. Where the first matchups were Celtics against Wizards and Pacers against Hornets. The Celtics advanced after winning Wizards in the first game and faces up against the star-studded second seed Brooklyn Nets, which will be an interesting matchup to say the least. The last spot from the East was taken by the Wizards, who lost their first game but won their deciding game against Indiana Pacers and they will face up against the first seed Philadelphia. From the West, the matchups were Los Angeles Lakers against Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies against San Antonio Spurs. And this time, the upset happened. Warriors lost their first game to the Lakers at the dying seconds of the game when King LeBron pulled a three right in Steph Curry's face and took the Lakers to the next round. Then the Warriors faced up against the Grizzlies in the deciding game 
which ended 112 to 117 for Memphis, and the Warriors were out of the playoffs. Steph couldn't drag his team further into playoffs by himself. Draymond Green had some offensive struggles and came out and said that he needs to work on his offensive game in the offseason, and the Warriors game suffered significantly from the absence of center James Wiseman and the other splash brother Clay Thompson. In the next round, Grizzlies will take on the first seed Utah Jazz, and the Lakers take on second seed Phoenix Suns, which will be an intriguing series because of the matchup Devin Booker and Chris Paul against LeBron and Anthony Davis. Will be interesting to see if LeBron and the Lakers can fight their way to back-to-back championships from the seventh spot, which will be a challenge, but not impossible with those two guys. Overall, this year's playoffs seem to be more even than the previous years. New teams have surfaced in the top contention because of the emergence of new top talents in the league. And most teams now have one to two standout players who can make an impact and carry their team on their own, unlike previous years. 76ers haven't beaten Simmons. Giannis is the next one in Milwaukee. Wizards have the backcourt of Beal and Westbrook. Jason Tatum will be a top five player in the league in the next few years, and he has Jalen Brown alongside him in Boston. Knicks have their new face of the franchise in Julius Randle, Clint Capella and Trey Young lead Atlanta. Ja Moran has surfaced as a serious star in Memphis. Utah have Gobert and Mitchell. Luka Magic is already a star in this league for the Mavs. Devin Booker is a standout in Phoenix. The Joker, Nikola Jokic, has the Nuggets covered. Dame Time and CJ McCollum have taken over Portland. And the list goes on. And by the way, those were players who made the playoffs this year. The first games of each matchup are already underway. And the only two blowout series I can see from the first round are Bucks versus Heat because of the Giannis factor and the Nets against Celtics for the reason that the Celtics are missing Jalen Brown from their roster and the Nets have absolute tank of a lineup if they can manage to keep their egos in check during the crunch time. Other than that, I'm expecting exciting playoffs and like I said, it has been thrilling to see the upcoming talents take on the older guard. The game has evolved so much in the NBA as well as the NHL that the young players are more and more taking over the leagues. The skill has taken over and the roles are almost reversed where bigs now shoot threes consistently and the guards jump over towering centers in the paint. But still there is the physical element to this sport as well. We can see how freakishly athletic these modern day athletes are and how they have such dominant physical attributes across the board. Giannis is a great example of athleticism combined with 
power and height which is just unstoppable at times and similar to Giannis there is Ben Simmons who has the length of a wing but handles the ball and dishes it like a guard and any coach will take that any day of the week and okay he's missing the three-point ability but you get the point it is just such a terrific time to be a sports fan when you get to see these kind of athletes coming into their prime and take over games with a snap of a finger of course the restrictions are still a factor when it comes to sports but we are slowly getting people back in the stands and me and many others can say that it will bring a whole new level to games especially to ones which matter the most lastly i wanted to take a dip in the nhl playoffs and the few teams which already made their way through to the next round boston advanced in five games over capitals colorado swept the blues and the biggest upset so far was the Winnipeg Jets taking down Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers in four games, which created absolute havoc in the social media. I mean, some expected the Oilers to choke, but to be honest, not this hard. Especially against a team that won only three of their last 12 games at the end of the regular season. And the evaporation of the Oilers in the third game was the ultimate backbreaker, even though they put out a fight in the last game until the third overtime period when they allowed the season-ending goal. Their defense was abysmal at times, and they just couldn't find offense in their first two games. And once their first line started scoring, No one from the remaining 9-13 to players were following the lead. Mike Smith wasn't on his best either, and Connor Hellebach clearly won the crease battle between the two teams. Overall, Jets just manhandled the Oilers, and no more needs to be said. The next thing for the Oilers will be to decide what to do in the offseason, But at this point, the whole circus is so messed up that I don't even want to bother thinking about their next move. Ryan O'Reilly's quotes before and after the first round matchup against Avalanche were funny to me since I expected the Blues to somewhat challenge the Avs. But boy oh boy was I wrong. They tried to match Avalanche's speed with physicality but the Avalanche were just too overwhelming for them to handle. Mikko Rantanen found his scoring touch at the end, and Nate Dogg has been sniping his way to a 2.25 point average in just four games. For the Blues, Tarasenko chipped in with few goals like I hoped, but overall they just couldn't produce offensively and Jordan Binnington performed well under expectations. Like I mentioned in the preview, that most of their lineup needed to play lights out in order to advance to the next round, 
But when that didn't happen, the series was over quickly and with relative ease. Not much more to be said about that series either. And the last already decided matchup was the Bruins against the Capitals, which went to five games and ended in a way I was kind of expecting. Cap struggled with goaltending, and when Samsonov came back, he was almost more of a reliability than a factor to their team. The frustration showed from the Capitals, and the Bruins had the upper hand in every aspect in this series. They won the physical battle, which was a bit of a surprise to me, and the last two games in this series weren't even as close as one would expect. I was delighted by the resurgence of Jake DeBrusque and Charlie Coyle, who both contributed offensively when the Bruins needed it most, and eventually Boston's power play started their washing machine and Tukarask won the goalie battle by a large margin. And they took this series and secured their spot in the second round. Hopefully we have a few more upsets next week when we come back to see how the matchups have ended. But for now we've seen some excellent hockey and the fans have been a big boost for teams so far. The Battle of Florida is as good as advertised. No lack of goal scoring, and at times Panthers have made the best goalie in the league look foolish. But the firepower the Lightning possess is just ridiculous, and there is no sight of any injury concern for Victor Hedman, who has seven assists in five games, and the centerman Braden Point has also been in his element. The other Western Conference matchups between Carolina and Nashville and Vegas versus Minnesota have provided the fans with some exciting hockey and games have gone back and forth. Carolina and Vegas have the advantage in their series and have one game to clinch their spot in the next round before game 7. And to be honest, I'm expecting them to clinch their spots. But one game can change the series, so we'll see what happens. Toronto and the Islanders are also one win away from clinching their spot in the next stage and there needs to happen a miracle for Toronto to lose this one and I mean a David Copperfield level miracle. They have outscored the Habs 11-5 and without Carey Price this series would be already in the books. Unfortunately no chance for the Habs this year and we'll see what the coaching staff looks like in Montreal next season and if Mark Bergevin will still keep his spot as their GM. The Penguins are still hanging by a thread and they will try to force game 7 in this one. The top two lines have contributed offensively but their goaltending hasn't been up to par so far. Still two games remaining and I still believe that the Pens will survive this one and advance to the next round. But there you have it. Another episode in the rearview mirror. And despite the fact that I mentioned previously that I would bring the world championships to the table as well. I ended up deciding otherwise. 
since both groups have been a total game of guess who so far. But for those who want to hear my opinion and previews of that tournament, I can preview it in my next week's episode, once we have a clear picture of which teams will face up in the playoff rounds. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks once again for your support. You can reach out to me on social media, like I said. If you have any suggestions or feedback regarding the podcast, or just want to confront my knowledge on sports, you feel free to do so. Otherwise, stay tuned, stay safe. Until next time. All right.